to the podcast where together, every Monday, we explore hospitality in its very broader sense. From culture and cooking, cocktails and coffee, nutrition and farming, politics and animal welfare, organic and sustainability, family and business, entrepreneurship, and much, much more. Come and learn with me, Mark Cribb, about where our food and our drink comes from and the businesses and more importantly the human beings that thrive on where we decide to spend our time and our money. Sign up to our weekly newsletter at humansofhospitality.co.uk and hit subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Now, for those of you who have been listening to these in chronological order, you'll have noticed that the past couple of weeks I've released an episode recorded from pre-lockdown whilst I gave most operators, and to be fair myself, a bit of a chance to focus on reopening their businesses. I have, however, managed to interrupt a couple of great operators very early in the reopening journey. And the first of these is today's guest, Danny Peccarelli from the exclusive collection. Now, exclusive to me is a superb example of what can be achieved in the genuine world of hospitality when you're not dominated by venture capitalists or short-term city demands. Exclusive is family-owned. It was created by Danny's father, and Danny has been the MD since 1997. They take a very long-term view and not hugely leveraged, and as you'll hear in this conversation, Danny is a genuine human with a love of the hospitality sector. Danny has also been very helpful in helping England win the Rugby World Cup, but I will let him tell you that story. Now, we also touch on Danny's role as the chair of the Master Inholders and what that has meant to him. UK hospitality comes up again, and then we get into the details of the operational changes exclusive have made in reopening. The customer and the team response to those changes has so far been pretty positive. But Danny and I also chew the fat on our expectations of trade as we flip from the leisure to the business market in autumn, and even our thoughts on Christmas. Which probably feels a bit wrong to anybody not in the sector considering we are right in the heart of summer. Anyway, point is I love chatting to Danny and I very much hope you enjoy the conversation. Remember if you can support the podcast so that I can continue to invest time and energy into getting the very best guests for your enjoyment, please head over to humansofhospitality.co.uk forward slash donate and I and many other listeners will be hugely grateful for your help. Thank you and enjoy the conversation. Danny Peccarelli, MD of the Exclusive Collection. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hugely appreciated. Can I just ask where you are in the world, Danny? Are you at home or are you at work? Or? I am sitting at Penny Hill uh, overlooking the uh, opening of the outdoor swimming pool. So there's a hive of activity and uh, there's about 20 of the spa guys putting sun loungers out and uh, um, uh, checking chlorine levels. So it's all very exciting wow. Yeah, that must really be exciting. So is, is today the first day it's opened, is it? Uh, the outdoor pool, yeah. We, we've had manicures and pedicures since Monday, and then we can open gyms from the 25th and indoor pools. Uh, so, yeah, gradually getting back to normality. It's funny, isn't it? You don't really appreciate these things until you have to close them down, but just what an amazing feeling it is to see them come back to life again. I, I, I mean, I think everybody in hospitality by definition we love people we love a buzz and that's been the hardest thing missing all of that and just seeing guests and seeing happy staff is quite it's quite uplifting to be honest yeah it really is what what a roller coaster we've been on so we're going to come into you yeah, really looking forward to chatting to you because i know you've got such a diverse uh collection of venues like you say from the spas to the golf course to the pub to the hotel so so really looking forward to getting your perspective uh on, on all things i suppose coming out the other side of covid but we before we do that just want to set a little bit of context with your journey so exclusive collection set up in 1981 uh by your dad um but for those of you who don't know it can you just explain a little bit about you know you know the the, the uh, what you offer in your collection so we've got uh six amazing hotels uh penny hill park south lodge lanestone manor house royal berkshire and phantoms hall in Ware. Um, but within those, we've got a golf course at the Manor House. We've got a cookery school at Lainston called Season. We've got two spas 
at one at Penny Hill, one at South Lodge, um, Manor House. We also own a pub, so they're all they're all have they're not conventional hotels in in the sense of um, uh, bedrooms and one food and beverage outlet. They all have multi offerings, um, very leisure focused. Uh, and also very meetings focused. So we tend to operate in those two, two market segments, all in the south of England, a um, couple of Michelin star restaurants, all the way through to um, a golf club, which does an amazing bacon sarni. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's a shame we can't do this face-to-face. You can't see the big grin on my face, but it just sounds such an amazing uh, set of businesses to own and still independent, family-owned. Is that correct? Yeah, 100% family-owned, which is lovely. I'm, I'm the luckiest person in, in the world because we're, we're second-generation business. Um, uh, the uh, shareholders are um, my brothers and sisters who kind of leave me to get on with it, especially during COVID times. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, you're on your own. <laughs> Absolutely. But but but, it, but it's really nice because, you know, we've developed a really lovely niche, good reputation. And I've got the freedom to, to effectively do do what I like within certain parameters. But but um, so there's lots and lots of advantages to being a family business. Yeah, amazing. Uh, you're also largely responsible for England winning the 2003 Rugby World Cup, I hear. Is that right? And what, is, what, what was your part in that? I, I, well, we, so, so I, I think I'm, I'm actually in Clive Woodward's book. It's one of my, my uh, claims to fame. I, I, I can't exactly remember the page number, but, but we, we've been lucky enough at Penny Hill to have the England rugby contract since 1999 on, on and off. Um, so at Penny Hill Park, we've got a the England uh, RFU training centre and a pitch that is an exact replica of Twickenham, built by the same manufacturers as uh, the, who, the guys who built the Twickenham pitch, fed with the same fertilisers, chemicals. So if you ever wanted the exact Twickenham pitch experience, then come and have a run out on the pitch here. <laughs> Wow, that's pretty cool, isn't it? I'm, I'm getting increasingly um, jealous as the longer we chat, uh, Danny. That's a pretty yeah. You, you've got a lot of very nice toys. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's really the the rugby relationship has been lovely because over the years we've seen sort of you get privileged to see the inside workings of the, of the teams and the different dynamics of the of the different managers and and. Can't can't really go into any details on them, but but it's such a privilege watching the the a sports team because I think most most of us are really fascinated by sport and and you watch the management styles and what works and how it works. It's it's just a really insightful experience. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> Oh, there's a bit of little bit of feedback there. But do you have to um, pretend that you're sort of mowing the lawn to go in and see their management style, or are you welcomed in with open arms as the uh, proprietor? No, no, no. We keep we keep a um, very to keep a, a respectful distance. But any anything that's going on, uh, you, you get a relationship with with people as as much or as little as they they want. And but even at arm's length, you you kind of get a sense of of changes in style changes in dynamics changement in nutrition philosophies changes in um changes in change if that makes sense you know you see how often people like to change up or how routine they are or or um what scientific sort of sports science they're bringing in so yeah even even if I wouldn't want to give the impression that I'm sort of listening at the door because that, that, that A isn't the case and B would get me in a lot of trouble. Yeah, well, luckily you're you're um, an English supporter, so I guess it wouldn't be too bad. It'd be different if you were, uh, although you've had the New Zealand team training there as well, have you? Or? Yeah, so we were lucky enough in, in the 2015 um, uh, World Cup, we were a host provider, which um, obviously England went out of the group stage, which was really unfortunate. But then in short succession we had south africa argentina and um the all uh for the final so um and in fact the way we got the 
contract originally was in the 1999 World Cup final. We looked after the uh, the All Blacks, and they uh, we did such a good job. Clive Woodward basically came to to, to see me and and said, "I'd love to set up a a, a, a base with you." And and the long and short of it was. I said, what do you need? He said, you build me a pitch. We built him a pitch and it was all done on a handshake. And, and yeah, here we are 20 odd years later. Amazing. That's great, isn't it? And the joy of being independent and being able to make your decisions yourself and do things on a handshake. What, what, what a privilege that is. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So you became uh, MD in 1997, but I was interested to know, did, did your, did, were you working in the business before that with your dad? Did he make you start as a kitchen porter and, and work your way up? Or what was the story pre you being MD? I did, I did start as a kitchen porter, but um, at the, um, I, I did uh, a sort of homegrown training program. So I worked for the Savoy in, in the kitchens. Uh, that was my first job in the old grill room. Um, uh, which was just such a fantastic experience. I worked kitchen and and uh, restaurant side. Um, my first job at the Savoy, I spent three weeks making mint sauce, um, 15 hours a day on, on my feet. I lost about uh, two stone in weight in the first month and a half, but um, it, it was just a great experience. Then I uh, uh, went to Cornell, did, did the uh, summer school, the uh, hotel summer school, then worked for Sheraton in Washington, D.C. for a year, then spent two years working for Four Seasons Park Lane front office, uh, which, once again, amazing experience. So five five years outside of the business and then 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 came in and, and started from the from the ground up uh, with the, the, the interesting thing about family businesses is not that I always set um, a, a sort of success criteria to move up a level. And obviously I had a huge advantage being a family member, but my dad was very old school. So whenever I had a job, I had to hit certain targets, be it quality or, or, or um, uh, uh, so when I was, I, I used to run South Lodge Hotel years ago and, we had to get red stars and 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 uh, hit a certain turnover and profit mark before I was allowed to um, move to the head office. So it was it was very clear what I had to do to 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 move forward because the uh, <clears throat> the downside of of a, of a family business is we employ eight hundred people and if if the person running the business is well, same with any business but the person running the business is 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 no good you're putting all of those jobs in jeopardy so uh yeah it was yeah. very old school but really really rewarding yeah that's good yeah i think often you're stricter with your with your uh yeah with your kids i mean, my son's only 12 at the moment but uh it's just starting to i was gonna say is he showing an interest maybe i'm showing an interest in in trying to at least get him to help out in the business but i think there's always that thing with the with the managers saying that don't don't treat him any differently don't uh, feel obliged if anything yeah work him harder because you really don't want it to be that sort of uh, sense of entitlement or privilege so yeah good, good, that, good that you went through it yeah absolutely and that is the reality of the family business actually you end up having to work much harder to prove yourself but i don't think that's a bad thing i think that's a really really healthy thing mm, no absolutely um so I'm, I'm going to cause you uh, a little bit of pain danny because i want to start just by going back to january this year and you'd, you'd fairly recently opened the new spa you'd been getting some exceptional feedback i think you were planning a microbrewery and some green initiatives this year just just to set the context again but, but before the chaos started how were things trading how were things looking back in january and what what were your expectations for 2020 um we were flying uh, the 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 new spa at south lodge uh, we um uh, we just just absolutely really excited we ha- have a restaurant there called botanica um that very locally food uh, sourced uh, very plant based uh, really on trend in terms of brunch and just a, a great offering um uh that was just the, the most successful restaurant we've ever had membership went from zero to uh, almost 500 members in in the first six months um across the group everything 
just it seemed I, I've never been so optimistic about a year as uh, as 2020 because everything we were doing we, we every year we've grown grown the business from from day one we've never had a year where we've gone backwards but our pace of growth for 2020 all the all, all the, the 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 sort of KPIs were showing we were we were going to smash it and then, and then suddenly this little thing called covid came along yes yeah uh, i'm sorry about that I, I think we should just end there so we were great i'm glad to hear everything's going so well Danny. let's just miss let's, let's try and be uplifting yeah i've got to ask though before we carry on so south lodge i i, I hear incredible things about it uh, you know it, it sounds absolutely wonderful um i was pleased in some ways having managed a couple of renovations and rebuilds not quite at the same scale because i saw a few different numbers and, and originally uh, it looked like it was it was on target to cost seven and a half million and then it was 14 million and it ended up at 15 million and I, I was just intrigued to know did it did it become more ambitious as time went on or were there some complexities in the build that you weren't expecting um i, I don't ever remember it being seven and a half it, it um, did, maybe there was a one missing on that or something it was it was in one yeah, of the press things it, 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 did, it did go up we had we had a slightly unfortunate incident our, our uh, pool contract went bust uh, halfway through the build which is the worst time for a, a pool contractor to go bust so effectively we had to, to to build two swimming pools and redo all the the plant to to in, ensure that we had a, a pool that worked and warranties and all of that good stuff but you know we'd built in a contingency so it did end up at, at, at 15 million it probably should have cost uh, a bit less than that but you know no projects are without hiccups and and i always look back on a on a project and say was it worth it in the end and and that one definitely yeah, I've never managed to, to build anything on budget. So more than anything, I was just relieved to see that other people suffer the same challenges. But uh, for people that have not, not been there or been on the website and read about it, what is it that's so special about that place? Um, so, so that we, we try and create and, and really focus on on the experience. And, and the, the, the spa at South Lodge, we, we've got some wonderful thermal sequencing, but everything is built with the 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 uh, south downs the the views a real local emphasis but that is incorporated in the 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 building itself so you can sit in a sauna and it's got a glass window and you can look out over the south downs we've got a hydrotherapy pool outside once again you can be hanging over the edge of the resting on the edge of of the hydrotherapy pool looking out over over these wonderful vistas and, and we try and really incorporate the landscape if if if, we, if i'm lucky enough to have hotels in the country we'll, we'll, we've got to use the landscape and the larder that's around mm-hmm. us and and so the the botanica concept i was mentioning earlier we we partner with some wonderful people we've got um a ridge view which is uh, english sparkling champagne that is um uh, only about 12 miles away from South Lodge. Really wonderful wine, but they they partners with us. We we have a nail bar called the Ridgeview Nail Bar, and you can get a manicure and, and a glass of local local uh, fizz. We've got a uh, 12 treatment rooms, a mud room, and we've got this relaxation room, which is these sort of pods that gently massage you and and heat teach you to sleep so it's got some really innovative design in there and we've got a gym that you wouldn't is you wouldn't describe as a hotel gym I'm, I'm really although I'm a hotelier I, I don't like creating what I call standard bog standard corporate hotel experiences so a really great gym that that's more like a if you went to a New York loft loft gym it's that kind of uh feeling and vibe so really really proud of it it's got um huge eco credentials you mentioned early on i'm I'm pretty passionate about eco not not just to tick a box but because in a privileged position of running your own business uh, can be we've got biomass boilers we've got a grass roof the 
outdoor swimming pool is a natural swim pond so there's no chlorine it's got reeds and uh, flowers and filtration and the odd the odd newt swimming in the um, out, outdoor swim pond um, and we incorporate all of that like into into the, the the restaurants we've got kitchen garden at south lodge that we're very proud of so a lot of the produce goes there one of the hero dishes is is uh, called a wasted burger um so we use we make juice uh that we pulp where all the pulp that's left over we make into a burger and we use uh it's gonna sound it, it, it tastes much better than it sounds but we take the bread that's left over and um make it into buns we use the offcuts from potatoes make it into into skinny fries so the whole dish with a beetroot ketchup the whole dish is effectively wasted items but tastes absolutely fantastic after after the stress of the last four months danny in, in my personal life that even that description alone was making me feel more relaxed when you said something about heated something that helps you nod off i was i was becoming more i could have just listened to you answer all day i think so that's it sounds absolutely incredible i for one uh will be coming to visit so c- congratulations You're welcome on- at any time give me a shout <laughs> <laughs> i will do did you get to sit in those pools when you were shut down on a, on a particularly stressful day of working out your uh the, the catastrophic impact of covid did you get to sit there or was it all switched off no to to to, to be honest um like everyone i mean i've, I've been a pretty strict uh, 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 following the guidelines of, of lockdown, so I've worked from home. Um, I, I, it's only been the last couple of weeks that I've, as soon as you're allowed to meet meet other people officially, other households, I've I've, I've been out and, and just done a road trip round round the group and the properties. But other than that, it's been been watching by Zoom. Um, although we've had quite big teams on site, we we most of our maintenance and grounds teams were uh, on non, non-furlough because we've used it as an opportunity where we can to paint, renovate, do a lot of that really boring stuff behind the scenes like boilers and chlorifiers and just stuff that guests normally don't like you to do when they're around but has to be done. So we, we've had a lot of activity on site but not necessarily uh, uh, full of swimming pools. That's great if you can utilize that opportunity to do work. Is, is that because you had cash reserves to do it, or did you uh, did you need to get any investment in? Or? Um, well, we've been we've been we're a pretty prudent company. I'm not I'm not going to. I think any hotelier that says cash has been easy over the last four months is 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 lying. But 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 we've we were in very good position beforehand. I mean, it's it's. It has been tough, and also a lot of the projects have been. You know, if you're painting and decorating, actually, you already we've had to have physical people on site because of security and doing sort of things like Legionella and water, you know, turning taps on and off. So we've utilised all of those guys, paint, decorate, and it's not all been high cost items. It's just been. That disruptive and 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 so our investment has probably been less than we normally would spend but it's been just focused on on those items that have been particular areas i should say that have been particularly would have been particularly disruptive to guests yeah perfect a, a good use of time um so sort of thinking back to march when the uh when the pandemic hit had you been given any sort of tip off have you you got i know you're part of the uh master inholders so presumably you know lots of contacts in the industry and when we could see this sort of almost happening in slow motion as it was coming across europe did it catch you completely by surprise or uh yeah did did you see it coming and get to do any planning no i i i think we (laughs) you you can we're we're lucky if that's the right expression, in the sense of 46% of our business is, is meetings and high-level board meetings. So most of those are international. And to be honest, from the end of February, we started getting a tsunami of cancellations that really gained momentum early March. So even 
mid to end of February, we were starting to sense there was going to be a problem. So I, I think it depends on a lot for people. If you were purely in a leisure market, you would have cottoned on a lot later and a lot of London hoteliers were starting to feel it earlier because of international mix. So we had a good idea, but I don't think anybody envisaged lockdown in and the length of lockdown. I just, you know, it's kind of nightmare scenario. Even if you were scenario planning, <laughs> you couldn't have you couldn't have planned what what was going to happen. Um, you know, and then and then to have an announcement on a, on a Friday at, at quarter past five to be told you've got to shut on, on at nine thirty when Mother's Day was on on the Sunday. It was it was uh, yeah. I don't don't think anybody could have foretold that. No, yeah, we were the, we were the same. Not not on your scale, but uh, at that point, I was certainly hoping to at least trade through the Mother's Day weekend. We had a lot of people booked in that Sunday maybe in hindsight it was good that it didn't happen because maybe it would have led to more spread of the virus but uh yeah it didn't didn't feel like great timing and particularly if you're on a sort of tourism or coastal area as we are because that was literally the weekend of the start of the season so uh yeah. bad timing so literally you, you you closed uh everything down and then it was into sort of crisis management presumably of working out yeah well, what happened I, next and how I, you reopen yeah absolutely sitting there on 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 the Saturday morning with the management team sort of socially distancing and just flip charts and okay guys, what are what are we gonna what are we gonna do? And and I mean what was I think really interesting, a lot of companies, brands, people have have come out of this with a really good reputation and relationships and a lot haven't. And so the one thing we tried to focus on was being doing the right thing by all of our customers, be it corporate or, or leisure or individuals and not, not, um, I, I just not be short term. And I think a few people, especially with deposits or, or any form of refunds were, were quite aggressive with customers. And I've heard some horror stories, but we, we said we want to do right by our customers and we need to do right by our our team. Uh, we made a decision to top our team up in April. We weren't able in May to, to top them up on, on uh, uh, in any, any shape or form uh, uh, after that, just from a cash point of view. But um, it, it's been, I suppose, that the, the, the kind of that planning meeting will live long in in my memory, probably in yours as well, you know, because there were so many unknowns, weren't there? Yeah, they're very much well. Even in the build up to it, I think we were making yeah decisions in the morning that were being completely overturned by the evening, and uh, yeah, ne- never been so busy. Yeah, trying to block it out now a little bit. But uh, your relationship then, because you, you're obviously well connected in the industry, uh, chairman now of Master In Holders, is that right? Yeah, and, and that, and unfortunately, it's a two-year stint, and it's coming to an end in September. But I, I, I love doing that. The the, the Master In Holders, for those that don't know, is is effectively a, a, a collective of of well-known uh, uh, hoteliers who the only real criteria for becoming a member is that you you, you do good for at the, the industry on a, on a whole it's sort of an altruistic approach to hospitality so it's not a uh, uh, benefiting your own properties we raise uh, significant money for scholarships so we run a couple of programs. We send a lot of people to Cranfield and Cornell with the help of the um, uh, Inholders Voy Education Trust. So in a, in, a, in a normal year of the COVID year, slightly different, but we send 16, 18 people to um, uh, Cranfield or Cornell. We run an aspiring leaders program, which is for up and coming managers run by a lady called Dr. Hilary Cook that, that they they get effectively taught how to, to to step up to the next level. Uh, we, a lot of charity work for for Hospitality Action Springboard. 
So it's a real, real privilege to 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 be part of that and just meet some amazing hoteliers and 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 a kind of you know anyone in in our business. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're the same. We, we actually spend a whole time when you meet. You're always meeting inspirational people. I was I was listening to your 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 podcast of just um andrea on on uh, with andrea rasker and and I, I didn't know of him and and i just listened to it and you think wow that's that's inspiring and i think i think a lot of us in our industry that's what we thrive off and and the, the mastering holders gives me a, a, a lot of that because you meet some of the best hoteliers in 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 the industry yeah no we're very lucky it's an incredible industry i think for interesting characters it's why this is called you know the humans of hospitality and not the brands of hospitalities i think it's such an incredible sector for energized creative people whose natural reflex basically is is to give hospitality and whether that means you're looking you in the eye and and certainly in the past giving you a firm handshake or a hug and offering you a beer or a cuppa uh it's sort of ingrained in your dna and uh it's a nice it's nice to be in an industry i suppose where fundamentally our our job is to make other people feel good uh and and it is full of good humans um have you been working then did you work closely with with uk hospitality and and kate nichols and and that sort of ear to government have you been involved in that yes and 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 there's been a few i mean to to me kate nichols has been inspirational i just i think you've always got to look on the positive of any bad situation and and i think the work she's done on on behalf of the, the wider hospitality industry, not just in helping us get a good deal in terms of what Rishi Sunak's done and, and the VAT cut and the eat out voucher and all of that good stuff and the rent, uh, sorry, the rent, the rates, um, uh, 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 cancellation of rates for a year, but, but the positioning of, of the hospitality within government, if anything good's come out of this, I think the work she's done and and quite a few other people you know people like robin hudson uh have, have been uh, I, I signed his letter that that um was sent to, to to boris and rishi sunak and and he had a meeting with them so there's been i can't name them all but quite a few people that have really been pushing the industry and i think the government have finally started to realize that they need to put more of a value on our industry what we offer because now they haven't got our taxes and that the income from all the people we employ and understanding the complexity i think they finally stood up and thought actually do you know what this does contribute to the economy it's got a valuable role to play yeah it's been interesting i think I agree with you that there seems to be uh, a, a change in that recognition, I think, doesn't there, which hasn't been there historically, which, like you say, is the one good thing that comes out of it because we are a significantly uh, taxed sector, uh, you know, overtaxed compared to some of our, our peers. And, uh, yeah, let's hope that there's some longevity behind that, I think. And it, almost in every podcast, Kate's name comes up in a very positive light. Yeah, yeah. and and But, but I think it's it's for all of us in hospitality wherever we are to to keep pushing that that advantage as it were now and and make sure that you're you're still pushing with your local mp still social mediaing still doing whatever you you can do to 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 make sure that we are front of mind to celebrate if we're creating jobs or if we're contributing to something the amazing charity work that that you know we were the first to to most drastically affected in being shut down but you see hoteliers you know we we gave all of our our mother's day food stock away to 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 nhs and and local hospital trusts and and you know there's been some amazing examples of the the barclay hotel feeding nhs workers some of the hotels in london staying open for key workers and and going above and beyond not not for profit not for anything other than it's the right thing to do and we just need to shout about it and, and keep celebrating it 
Mm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I think we have that natural, like I say, reflex to uh, to want to help people and to want to look after people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's definitely made me proud of our sector in a way that we haven't been because I guess historically we're known as sort of, you know, anti-social working hours and not always the best pay and a job that a lot of people do sort of, you know, particularly the younger generation, I suppose, in between jobs. And it's been nice that I think hopefully we would have inspired a few more people to come into the sector. Speaking of which, you've been doing that for years because in 2014 you set up the chef's academy uh with this sort of quest to get people from from commie chef to cdp in in two years what was your motivation for creating that did you see we we, you know there's been a lot of publicity i suppose in the last couple of years around the challenges of recruitment and and chefs in the in the sector and it being quite challenging to get people into the kitchen did you see that coming or what was the motivation Uh, a bit of both i mean we we wanted to develop a great believer in developing our own people. Um, there obviously is, was, um, and will be again a skill shortage in, in, in our sector. So it just seemed like the right time to invest heavily and, and, and grow, grow our own. So we took um, 12 uh, uh, students who were level two or three out of college and put them on a two-year intensive program, which is really hugely invested, run run by a fantastic chef called Andy McKenzie. And uh, uh, Andy basically would that they would work in the business on in year one three days a week. Two days they would either have a, a visit to a, a, a Brixham a, a fish or an abattoir or um, we partner with Wellux, go and meet some fruit and veg suppliers and then cook and, and our own internal chefs would demonstrate chocolate skills or um, if they've been to the abattoir, then do a butchery class, then how to cook meat. Uh, then in year two, they would specialise. So they they might specialise in pastry or... or um, uh, want to go into fine dining or, or, or conference of banqueting or whatever area they wanted to specialise in, they would work four days in the business at a different property. So they'd be working for a different chef. Because um, once again, we'd, we'd, when we were looking at commies particularly, that they would last for a year with us. And then even though the experience was fantastic with us, they would go somewhere else. And you'd talk to them and you'd say, why are you going somewhere else? Well, I need to get something else on my CV. So after a year, we'd move them to another property. And that way, they were getting a continued education by Andy and, and the, some of the senior chefs, but also they were learning by being in different brigades. We also launched a food and beverage academy uh, last year as well. So that was front of house service, very similar experience. So um, supplier visits to to, to uh, coffee, Mozo Coffee, or, or Ridgeview, or um, uh, uh, um, w, WSET training, and all of that good stuff, as well as practical on-the-job training. So I just I suppose the answer to your question is, yes, we needed to do it, but also, once again, it's a great thing to do, because I'm not, I haven't kept every chef that's been through the Chef's Academy, and some of them, I've got one doing going great guns at the manoir one going great guns at at core in london so uh, just they kind of become like your 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 kids are just proud of them where where they've gone and what they're achieving and and a couple of them are really going to do great things yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Those tentacles reaching out into the industry. And I think it's the kind of industry where, you know, it comes up a lot in conversation again, where you can phone somebody up and ask for some help or ask for some advice or, or place a student. And, you know, most people are happy to uh, help people, I think, aren't they? You know, it, it's it's not uh, it's not cutthroat where we're all trying to, uh, you know, to, to scramble to the top. It's a very supportive sector. Absolutely. And I, and I think that is a nice thing of the sector. You know, everybody, you, you just want to help each other out. And, and, so many people from outside our industry just can't understand how uncompetitive we can be in in that, that sort of cutthroat sector. It's 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 yeah, it's just a nice way of of doing business. And you know, people will phone up and and say uh, to to me, look, I've got a really good chef that they're 
I haven't got a vacancy at sous chef. Are you looking for something? And, I, and I'll be doing the same same for them. Yeah, no, it's a it's it's a nice it's a nice sector. So um, I've spoken to a number of people about sort of how they navigated through the closure and all, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over those that bits because I'm I'm really interested now that I think we've shifted as a, as a sector into the sort of complexities of reopening uh, and, and what that looks like. So how many of your venues have you opened so far? What was the decision making process in deciding which ones to go first? So the decision-making process was around those. I think the recovery is going to be led by UK domestic. I don't think that's rocket science because internationally they're still quarantined for some of the countries. Um, And so we decided to open Manor House, Penny Hill, South Lodge first, primarily because we've got golf and spa, but then the government sort of reneged on the original July the 4th, which we thought was going to be the original spa opening. But but we decided to open those three first. We're opening Lainston on the 6th of August. With, we've got a really great cookery school that I mentioned earlier. We've got some... Uh, we're just launching these, these uh, outdoor cooking schools with wood-fired ovens. We're partnering with uh, Manor from Devon, um, to do this outdoor cooking so it was really about what uh, uh, what properties of, of ours had the strongest leisure proposition um, and then opening them up but we also decided to open to residents only i.e you can't walk in in at the moment and book dinner that will change in august because we needed the team to, to, to really get to grips it's been quite a change for the team coming back in and and, and opening up again and it, it I mean having just talked about South Lodge and the spa and the opening to, to me the reopening has been we've treated it as an opening of a of a hotel again and retrained re-inducted all the teams just so they can get their head around the new customer experience and how we want to still be us and still deliver what exclusive are known for, but in a safe environment. So what sort of changes have you needed to make operationally then? Well, I think the key, the key message has been to, to our teams that we, we don't want COVID to define us. I think that's a really important point. At the same time, your customers want to feel safe. So we spent a lot of time talking and training with the teams on how to interact. We've got a lot of very practical, physical solutions. So we are taking temperature checks of every single person coming into the building, being customers or staff, because I also have to be mindful I'm here to protect my guests and and my team it's not either or i'm here to protect both but but the the temperature technology is really smart technology that is very seamless you look at a screen it's it's a really funky ipad it takes less than a second to to flash up green if if you're under 38 degrees um and then it's every bit of the journeys everything we do so we've changed our amenity in our room to add in a um a a hand sanitizer bottle that's branded exclusive but so it's just those little touch points we'd always put an amenity in a room but why not add something that's going to make people feel safe um things like planning for more room service because yes want to guests want to feel their version of safe so some guests have have bowled up sat in a restaurant really comfortable want to chat to everybody other people want to get away but want to have a, a less contact experience so it's talking to the teams how can we deliver that less contact experience but still with those twists and those those nice little touches that make the guests feel recognize safe um the room service offering has been completely redone 
picnics we've got a lot of rooms we're lucky to have a lot of rooms with uh, outdoor balconies terraces uh, loads and loads of grounds so picnic's been a great example of people just being able to go and sit in the grounds and we lay out a lovely picnic for you and off you go you don't see anyone else for an hour you've had a lovely experience and then we clean it all up for you and you go back to your room and watch a box set of 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 something that you might have done at home but but if that's your choice then then great yeah interesting and and is that um is that costing a lot more to do um or have you managed to sort of find a way of absorbing it into you know just reallocating people from what they were doing before well it's cost a lot physically because we've got things like temperature checks hand sanit a lot of hand sanitizer some signage I'm, I'm i'm the team will laugh when i talk about signage because i'm not a great believer in signage but we we have had to put some signage up um uh, so uh, face masks for certain tasks for the team and if the team want to wear them fogging machines so we we've added fogging into our cleaning regimes so there's been a lot of physical costs room cleaning takes a lot longer so a lot of a lot of labor costs back to room service costs more to deliver than than a restaurant uh, a service but but you just got to roll roll with it and it's I, I think if you're delivering a combination of a great experience and the customer feels safe having that experience then you'll be rewarded in the, in the, in the short medium term for delivering that yeah. yeah so presumably in the short term just sort of costs that you're having to swallow hoping that that somehow you 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 get through this and uh and people are supportive and and i suppose that ultimately it's either got to go away and we don't need to do it anymore or people are going to need to pay a little bit more for it i guess absolutely absolutely yeah. and how's the uh what what's the response been i suppose initially from a booking perspective we're seeing certainly the media trying to um sort of say that there's going to be a staycation boom and, and everything's going to be okay and then i guess the reality of us opening the doors and looking at room occupancy what's your experience very tentative at first um you know we were running 20 30 percent early the first week or two but but august is really looking very strong and i just this seems to be good momentum towards staycations i think people i think there's a slight been a slight function of time that that people didn't want to rush rush out straight away i don't know how you've found it but i just got a sense that there's still a lot of very precautious people out there but as time is going on and covid sort of dropping down the agenda on the news and people are having good experiences about going out and feeling safe i, th- I think there's real momentum uh, towards august and, and i'm very optimistic about august for us mm. yeah no shared experience our end i think we had a lot of people who just wanted to support us who came out the sort of first weekend and it was the regular faces who you know even if they felt a bit nervous just wanted to come out and sort of show they were with us but very quiet midweek um so you know we we shut monday tuesdays as a result of that and picked up but what we are seeing is, is bookings pick up every every week you know we're sort of taking more bookings for the future particularly around the restaurant side and then the hotel side yeah quiet but from the 27th when the when the school holidays start although that always feels a bit funny saying school holidays since most of the kids have been off anyway but yeah likewise all august looks like it's going to be um, a good month what's your thoughts as to what happens rolling into autumn I think a lot of that still one of one of my learnings from from COVID is as I think a lot of hoteliers or restaurateurs are are control freaks. We like to to control, create an environment. We know every last bit of detail, but we haven't been in control over COVID. So the answer to the or going forward is dependent on in in my particular case can i host weddings over 30 can i host meetings because traditionally leisure drops off after the the school holidays and in a normal year we would go much more into a company strategy meetings with 
a, a, a smattering of leisure. Um, but if I can't do those bigger meetings, then then it's going to be tough. And if I can't do the weddings, it's going to be really tough. I And it depends on consumer confidence how bad is you know there is going to be a recession sessions aren't always bad because the really good operators those with clarity of proposition always do well no matter what um and there's always success stories but right now if if i can't get meetings and weddings up and running it's going to be tough yeah, I think <laughs> it is. And any sign of that corporate market? That seems to be the bit most people are nervous of. I think most people are saying, look, le- leisure for August. I think also because, you know, outdoor is clearly safer than indoor. So you can sit on the terrace, like you were saying, picnics in the grounds, windows and doors open. It feels okay. And, and then once you've sort of got to put the heating on and people have got to move out inside, it feels a little bit different. But the thing that would normally keep us going is, is corporate. Um, the, the city saying that, you know, maybe they're only bringing back 40 to 50% of their of their teams for the winter have you, have you got any bookings or is everybody literally sat on their hands and just waiting to see what happens no we, we've got a lot the the issue is if we can do the ones over 30 so what's been interesting obviously we haven't been able to do the bigger ones but we've got huge number of inquiries for eights tens twelves and that's because people have been sat in zoom meetings no face-to-face interaction so we've ended up even though now is as you you just said it's traditional summer holiday time so many of our regular uh, uh, companies and and leisure clients who run businesses need and want to have that face-to-face but but the numbers have been really quite tiny for us and of course, we've because we've got so many meeting rooms and so much outdoor space. We've given them. Uh, I just I had coffee with a client this morning, and he was saying, "I can't believe how much space you gave me." <laughs> you know, I was joking. He said, "I bet normally that would have been a 50, 60 people meeting room, and I only had nine people in it." And, I, and I, that that's what we've got to do at the moment. So I think I think. There will be a lot of demand. I, I feel sorry for my uh, 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 city centre friends who are hoteliers because people, as you just said, people don't want to go into town. They've got used to working from home. They want space and somehow out of town, out of my sort of locations, just feels more more safe. It, you know, factually, it's safe to sit outdoors, and we're, you know, we, the meetings we have been doing, we've given them a huge amount of space indoors, but we've also been putting sofas, chairs outside because it's been beautiful when it has been beautifully sunny, and so they can go and, you know, you see the 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 the, the, the flip charts and and the um the the bean bags and the sofas out on on the lily pond terrace or the 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 the, the botanica terrace or or wherever, and and that's been the way people want to want to meet now yeah the year the year of alfresco that's why i think it's going to get tougher in autumn when we when we sort yeah. of face the reality of going indoors but maybe maybe we'll just uh you know a bit, bit more like the scandinavians we'll just dress up warmer and sit around fires your sort of christmas bookings do they tend to be in place already and is it just a case of seeing whether they come through or, or what's the experience i suppose on again demand we, we i've got no data yet to to, to suggest i mean my sense is that even if people i just don't think it's going to be a year where people want to 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 celebrate or you know lots lots of businesses are making really tough decisions so is it right to be holding a big jolly um you know i think i think it's i think it's going to be tough and and you know, I, I I implied in your question is December's a good month for for us in 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 our business, but I can't see it being strong. More sitting around perception of a company going out and and having a big 
whilst we all need to say thank you to our teams for some of the amazing stuff they've done in in any market segment there's this conflict with spending lots of money on a thank you or slap up meal or yeah i <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think it's going to be tough. <laughs> I don't worry, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to push you down that pessimistic rabbit hole anymore. I feel like I should go back to January and uh, how just how buzzing and excited and how perfect everything was looking, Danny. I think I've I've pushed you far enough. But thanks for being so candid. I, I, I share your uh, perspective, and I keep saying with my team, look, let's make the make the most of the next couple of months. With, yeah, absolutely. And on Mark, I, th- I think I think you're absolutely right. It's you know we can only do what's in front of us, and the next couple of months are going to be strong, and and there's there's also a lot of going back to the positioning of hospitality, of hotels, of restaurants, of local independent. There's a lot of love and goodwill towards us. So let's capitalise on that and let's make the most. I think people are really, there's a strong number of people who really want to support us and that will, that will, come come out and and benefit us so yeah let's make the most of it and, and um, even Ricci is offering to borrow buy everybody uh, lunch or dinner so that's got to help hasn't it yeah have you registered for that uh i don't know whether it's actually whether we press the buttons yet i'm just waiting for confirmation but i think we, we certainly will be or and we may have done it already yeah why no no i've just we we we've, we've registered for it but i i just looking at the 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 it seems all you've got to do is send them some receipts to show that you gave 50 percent discount and they'll 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 take your word on it and send you send you the money in nine working days or something but it just seems quite a a lack of um uh uh, uh checks on it at this <laughs> this time yeah. but uh, I'll, 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 yeah we'll go we'll go, I'll go with it we're we're we're, we're gonna of course be be uh be offering it and uh uh, and taking advantage of it because it's a great it's a great initiative and i, I think yeah rishi's um, been been very very as back to what i said very very good to us i'm not sure the thinking elsewhere has been been amazing but i'll i'll, I'll take whoever's doing the treasury thinking has been i uh, hats off i'm going to give them a really really high score for what they've done yeah, I don't think they could be trying any harder, could they, or, or no. demonstrating how how supportive they want to be. And I think there's a lot of, you know, business people, particularly in our sector, who could have just rolled over and gone, "My God, you know, I don't see how we're going to get out of this. It's just too tricky," and would have done. But with with furlough and yeah, now VAT and that sort of support, it makes you step up and go, "Okay, clearly the government wants us to find a way through. So let's step up and do our thing as the uh, as the SME and the entrepreneurial sector and, and try and fulfil it." I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we will certainly do. So do you see any, you know, you've been in the sector as a family for, you know, decades, even you yourself for decades. Do you see any sort of positives coming out of this? Uh, what's what's your prediction for the sort of the, the medium term? Clearly, we're going to have a challenging winter ahead of us. Um, but what do you see coming off the back of this from a sort of, yeah, a, a change to the sector overall? I, I, I think everyone's uh, the 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 guys that have done well are going to do well have relooked at their offering. I think this localism, this uh, is you know it was very much on the agenda before, but I but I think that's there's a massive push forward. I think that's going to be a positive out of it. We we've we've taken a step back and looked at all of our our offerings and said are they still valid? Um, some of the 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 we've we've got quite a strong membership base in in terms of the two spas and golf and and let's make us you know how can we engage better with members we we're working with technogym on on a, a a sort of virtual it's like a zoom class so that members can can uh, uh log in and do do a class with a real life one of our instructors but at a at a distance um so you know, we, we've had lots of small product innovations that have come out of this. We're, we're just about to work with uh, uh, Surrey Hills, which which we were in the process of doing before just to push that localism and, and work with all, all the wonderful artisan suppliers you get in, in Surrey Hills from, from not just a food but, but a beverage point of view. So I, I think you've just got to refresh your offering challenge what you're doing 
grow grow from it um you know maybe uh we uh uh had some some uh people focused on the wrong areas so we've we've refocused them on different different areas yeah i i i it can't it can't all be bad yeah you sound like the typical deluded optimist of our sector who uh yeah it's always, there's always a positive side and uh and there'll be a way uh through it you clearly think there is you're continuing continuing to invest and, and obviously you'd, you'd built the spire anyway but presumably you're confident of finding a, a way to navigate your way through yeah no i mean look i, I we're we're all um reliant on uh, 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 someone at the at the end of the day be it be it banks or or shareholders and and back to what we said i'm in a lucky position being a family business and having been very prudent and not over leveraged before but i there there is a way through it and even though next year we're not going to be running at the levels we were in 2019 we still have a very viable business and i'm i always say to the team if the pie shrinks it's not rocket science you've just got to get a bigger share of the pie just like that. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> my, my 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 operations and my my sales and marketing guys will go. Yeah, can you give us a bit of credit for all the work we're doing behind the scenes? But, but, yeah. No, I like I like that. It's a good summary. Just get a bigger bit of pie. Talking of pie, I'm I'm going to talk cake. So uh, you're a um, a Strava cyclist, I notice as well. You've been has that been keeping you sane in the uh, in the downtime? I do, do, do you know what? Yes, it has. I, I had slight misfortune of. Um, uh, during lockdown, one one of the benefits was um, uh, working from home, and I, I've got a twenty year old and a twenty three year old. The twenty year old is back from university, and and uh, so so is my twenty three year old. She she was working, but working from home, and, and my son managed to break two of my ribs um, whilst sly tackling me in an over aggressive way playing football. So I I my my plans to keep fit over. Uh, over lockdown morphed into getting addicted to Zwift because I could sit on a turbo trainer and being the, the competitive uh, uh, person that I am, that the, the sort of gamification of Zwift, I don't know if you've ever done Zwift. Yeah, yeah I'm a big Zwift fan. It's set up in my kitchen okay. as we speak. All right. Well, I, I just didn't know that world existed and I could sit there and not damage my ribs and much to my wife's disgust. Um, get very excited about getting achievement credits for having done certain things or showing um, me route, uh, showing a look I've cycled New York today it's all all been uh, all been good so yeah sounds like, sounds, sounds like your wife is about as impressed as mine when you uh, come up with those kind of things she just uh, looks horrified at the noises that I can make on a bike in the kitchen yeah <laughs> so so um I, I should where where's your normal cycling route uh, well, normally, if I'm outside, I'm, I'm lucky to live by the New Forest. So I'm either I'm either in the New Forest or, or out in the Purbex, depending on whether I go east or west. Okay, great, great cycling country. Yeah, beautiful. Hilly, if you're feeling fit, get to the Purbex. And if not, the, the forest can be pretty forgiving. Uh, and I guess you've got the uh, the downs. Did your son admit to uh, tackling you in an overly aggressive way? Or did he just think you were a bit of a wuss? Uh, he, he said I was a complete wuss. Um, the, the, the other dad and, and lad we were, were playing said it was a clear red card but um it, my son's having none of it he said <laughs> yeah <laughs> perfectly fair tackle <laughs> no, no no sympathy have you put his rent up off the back of that or yes <laughs> <laughs> excellent all right well well done for finding some uh, some playtime in amongst all of the chaos as well and uh, just you know congrats on being a good good egg uh, in our industry, you, you came highly recommended as somebody to chat to, uh, and somebody with sort of integrity, who's not not sort of you know obsessed by bottom line profit, but actually loves hospitality and what we do, and have been doing it a long time. So, thank you on behalf of the sector for being a good human being, and thanks today for sparing the time. But conscious of time, I should let you crack on. Where should people go, Danny, if they want to uh, either follow you or if they want to find out a little bit more about the uh, the exclusive collection? Um- so got 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 to got to plug the brand first um www.exclusive.co.uk 
Um, if you want to follow me, Instagram is foodhero2 underscore and Twitter's foodhero. So, uh, yeah, give us, a, give us a bit of support. Any support is hugely appreciated. And, Mark, really, thank you so much for having me on, on your wonderful uh, podcast. Uh, no worries, real pleasure. And I'll put links up on the on the show notes to the episode as well that take you through to your uh, to your website and your channels. But uh, yeah, thanks so much, and uh, best of luck. Enjoy the next six or seven weeks in the comparative uh, relaxed state of seeing some customers and seeing some money come in. And then I really hope that there's some confidence for autumn. And uh, yeah, you're still smiling after Christmas. Maybe we'll catch up again. Fantastic. Thanks, Mark. Cheers, Danny. So there you have it, what a top chap Danny is, who genuinely cares about other people, his team, his customer, and the wider world of hospitality. I will definitely be checking out some of exclusive properties this year. Now to find the links to Danny and his properties, please head over to humansofhospitality.co.uk where you'll find the show notes. And whilst you're there, why not sign up to my weekly newsletter? No rubbish, just an update each week on the great guests that I'm chatting to. And the very last thing before you go, can you please do me one very quick favour? Please pick up the device you are listening on right now and scroll down until you find the review section for this show. Click on five stars and even better if you can leave a few words. It really helps me out in getting those clever algorithms to share the show and get as many listeners as possible. Thanks and I'll be back next Monday with a new episode.